And I'd say the practical is to seek community. Flowers that grow together grow much faster than they do by themselves. And a lot of men, they're like, oh, I got it. No, 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 I'll take care of it. And don't even realize that there's a community of other healthy men that you get to seek out. So you can take the roof off your back and actually be held and be supported. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host, and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. All right. What is up, everybody? I am so excited for this conversation with Garen and Blair Jones. You guys, thank you so much for being here today. And fun fact, everyone listening in, this was a surprise. I didn't think I was getting both of them today. So this is super exciting. Let's tell them why though. Okay. Why do you think? I think it's because you scheduled Blair. Yeah. The universe says, no, we want them to. No. So somehow I got the email. Right. So I'm thinking we're doing a, a couple's podcast and we get on. You're like, oh, I get I you both today. We don't have a linked calendar. So this is the funniest part about the whole thing. How this. It was a surprise for all of us, which is actually perfect because so much of what I'm really excited to talk to you guys about and what we chatted briefly about before hitting record is like in perfect alignment and even better to have both of you and to get both perspectives. So like, yeah. I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Okay. First things first, rapid fire. What is something that you're each grateful for right now? I'm grateful to literally be living the life that I wrote down in a journal five years. Mm. I am grateful for being in my forties and getting another opportunity to father the next generation of women. Beautiful. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> Clear gummy bears. Oh yeah. And for us both, it's Ted Lasso. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nice. What is a random fact that most people would not know about you? My name is Blair from the Facts of Life, but five days before I was born, my name was supposed to be Tiffany. And oh, then interesting. they were watching the Facts of Life. It's an old Nickelodeon show. And then they changed it to Blair because Blair is one of the main characters in the show. Wow. Last minute switch. Could have been a Tiffany Jones right here, everybody. She right. lived, lived a completely different life. So right? Right? Tiff. Not. <laughs> a random fact that nobody really knows is I was someone who didn't 
get girls when I was younger and I was all, my brother made me feel so bad about me not being having hair under my arms or getting girls. So one day I made up a girl and I was like, I have a girlfriend because he was trying to bust me out. No. I was like, I have a girlfriend. He was like, what's her name? And I was like, the first name that came to mind was Jog. And it made Jog, and like I, to run? Like run Jog. He like, <laughs> made that up. I was like, no, I have a girlfriend named Jog. So till this day, he's still teasing oh, no. me about the made up girl. And I rode that thing out for three years. I'm going to see Jog, but I Wait. full lie. Three yeah. years you were dating Jog. That was yeah. a commitment. You and Jog were in a yeah. relationship. If you call my brother right now, he's 48 years old, and you'd be like, who's Jog to Garen? And he will tell you the whole story from when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. Stop it. Wait, when did you actually like admit that you gave like that it wasn't real? Or did you like never? It just kind of grew out of it. He always knew, but he let me go with the story because if I'm willing to lie for that long i think there was a part of him that just let it go and then he was like remember you had that imaginary girlfriend named jog oh my goodness jog yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> that is hilarious and the name and you committed to it that's committed, committed. A three-year relationship <laughs> amazing okay so blair obviously you said for gratitude, right? Living the life that you've always dreamed of that you wrote down five years ago, that kind of stuff. So, and Garen, I know that you similarly living your path purpose, like bringing all of that to life for both of you individually and together. And like in an alternate universe, like if you couldn't do what you're doing now, like what's a job or career or something that you're like, oh, that's always sounded cool. Even if you're not qualified in any way. Mm. I think I would like live a ranch life. I would live on a ranch. Mm. We talked about this when we were on a jog. Yeah. <laughs> <Pun and t> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I would like tend to cows and be a cowgirl and like herd cattle and like cook my food over a fire. That's actually my dream life. <laughs> so that would be my alternate, hopefully one day current reality. I've got that one running as well. Like when do I shift into my ranch life era? <laughs> The alternate reality would be the cool teacher that everybody mm. like the, the cool teacher inspired the kids to get the best grades. And it was like, no, I really want this class. I really want this class. And there's something about that and in influencing people that's always been inside of me. So in an mm. alternate reality, I'd be at some random public school, but like, that school was the school that was on the map because I was the cool teacher. I like that. I like that. It's like, you know, bring so many movies, yeah, like movies to the forefront. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What did you want to be when you were little? And Garen, I don't know if that you just kind of answered that. No, nah, I always wanted to be a superhero and have abs like an action figure, save and change lives all over the world and be stronger than the average man, the average human. And it's interesting because right now, I'm, well, not now, but occasionally I have abs like an action figure and I save and change lives all over the world and I'm stronger than the average human. So it's in a way I'm living what I've always wanted to live since I was a little kid. Yeah. Well, and I think like that's the goal, right? For me at least. Yeah. 
in a lot of ways, that's the goal. And I think so many, what I see in my world network and so many people that I admire or I'm inspired by like that, whatever that little nugget was when you're a kid, like so much of the time turns into something later in life, or like you can see how it is now the main thing or has blossomed into something like that. So yeah, it's really beautiful. Blair, how about you? Yeah. So this was a real story. You know, they asked us in school and you're supposed to write an essay. And I said, I wanted to be independent. Like I wanted to carry my own books to school because they, they would always see those movies where like the boys would carry the girls books. And I always wanted to make my own money and I wanted to own my own house and own my own car. And that was like the answer. It was kind of like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up and you say mm-hmm. happy? They must not have understood the question. It's like, you know, maybe the t- teacher didn't understand the assignment. Yeah. That's all I ever wanted to be when I was little was independent. I wanted to be able to take care of myself. All right. Well, and similarly brought that to life in a big, big way. Yeah. Any weird talents or special skills? I can talk like a 13 year old little girl. Well, I think now we have to have a demonstration. What's funny about (laughs) this is because I really like this girl when I was like 13 or 14. Jog. This is another girl, like a physical girl. Real one. So I guess I was cheating on jog and the girl's father didn't allow guys to call her. So I made up this voice that I'm about to do. And I would call and have a conversation with the dad. And he was like, oh, I really like. And then by the time I got her on the phone. Wow. Voice. I wonder if I can still do it, though. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God, the other day I went to the mall and I saw my friend. And I was like, oh my God, it's like, stop it. Oh my God, you fucking bitch. We have so much fun. Wow. I wouldn't have even, like, I closed my eyes for a moment. Like, that's really good. I wouldn't think that oh, that is you. It? Wow. <laughs> I don't Blair, think I to follow that or <laughs> anything close to that. In the least. That was amazing. Okay. Last time you cried. Mine was like three days ago in gratitude. Just gratitude. Mm. The workout today. Mm. I pushed myself harder than I pushed myself in a very long time, but in a very healthy way. And just going through a lot of transitions right now. That's like literally I'm evolving into the next version of myself. And I felt myself in that aspect during the workout. And I was like, oh, I just passed a lot of tests. Mm. I was so, so grateful. And those tears were tears of gratitude. And how about the last time you laughed so hard, you almost peed your pants or possibly actually peed your pants? You laugh a lot. You laugh a lot. I see it. Like, so hard. I don't know what we were laughing about, but I don't know. Like, we laugh a lot, like last week. Well, that's good if you can't remember because there's so much. I'll tell you this, being parents to baby soul, yeah. who's 20 months, at like a year and a half old, but she does things that most four and five-year-olds are just learning how to do. Mm. And she does it so gracefully, it turns into like a laugh. And I'm like, wait, what? What? And so there's a lot of things that baby soul does and that she knows that she's doing that's just really funny and like, wow, like we literally gave birth to a human form of an angel. Hmm. 
Maybe every parent feels that way about their kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> My child's the best. What is your favorite meal? Like shoe. Mine is breakfast and it's mm. the thing I have every day. It's three eggs, piece of toast with almond butter, avocado, and sea salt on top of all of it. Mm. My favorite dessert is my big mama sweet potato pie. And my favorite meal, I'd say the one that reminds me most of home is, is my mama's cornbread casserole. Mm. Mm. I know this makes me hungry. I'm like, what time is it? <laughs> Next place you guys want to travel to or are planning on traveling to? Planning? Los Angeles. Los Angeles and then Mexico and then Grand Cayman, Grand Cayman Islands. Mm. Nice. This all the summer or July to August. Yes. Act summer. Love it. My 44th birthday is July 3rd. So we're spending a little time in Los Angeles celebrating oh, me. in a couple days. Yeah. Awesome. Happy, happy birthday this weekend or Monday. All right. That's all our rapid fire. That was fun. Thank you guys for playing with me in that. And I mean, even just doing that, like so many more questions came up, but One of the biggest things, or I guess something that I really admire about both of you that I know we're going to dig into is you both have very powerful, strong visions as individuals. You both are playing a big game individually, and you are able to blend that in such a beautiful way and be successful in your own right and in your own way. And what I see, at least from the outside, right, and from I guess, you know, knowing Blair and stuff like that, a beautiful, beautiful partnership and relationship and able to come together in a way that supports one another so effectively and powerfully while being able to be your individual selves, but have such a tight bond. And, you know, I believe is a very like admirable and beautiful relationship, not just as husband and wife, right. But also parents too. And so I'm excited to like dig into all of that. And for you guys, I guess, like, what are some of the one has your relationship always looked like that? Did it take a lot of work to kind of get to that point? You both (laughs) smirking a little, so I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Did our relationship always look like this? Absolutely not. No, my belief of hindsight 2020 looking backward is that we met each other and we're going, yep, you're the one in order to get to this thing that we saw, like I think our souls met and then we had a lot of human work to do. Mm-hmm. To, well, that's good. Yeah, so our souls chose each other. I think before our human couldn't like even comprehend, yeah. it was so fast. And then our human work, we had a lot of human work that we got to do together. I used to compare us like we were two quarterbacks living in the same house and mm-hmm forgetting that we actually played for the same team. So we would compete against each other. And then finally we got, learned how to work a little bit smarter, not harder, but learned that how to not be in the same position, but be on the same team. It's like, you can be the quarterback and, you know, I'm the wide receiver. And we learned how to maneuver through that with each other. It mm-hmm. took a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. You know, used to be, we would fight every three minutes and then it was three hours and then it was, you know, Three weeks. Every three weeks, then every three months. And then we just moved through it a lot faster. You know, before we would fight for three hours long and then we would fight for three days long. And now it's like, we can get through stuff in like three minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's it's quite the evolution that we've had. But 
we also were committed in the very beginning, like you're it, you're the one. And we know that, and we just have a lot of human stuff we need to get through to get to that point. Cause we were, we were committed to the relationship more than we were committed to our own ways of being. Mm-hmm. What did that with saying, like you guys were both or it was like two quarterbacks in on the same team sort of thing. And like butting heads in that way, like how did that manifest? Right. Because similar, like being both driven, independent, I'm going to say competitive to a certain extent, but like, you know, high achieving, yeah. High achieving people, right. That can, yeah. Create a lot of conflict. So how did that, what did that look like in the earlier days? So I'll tell you winning individually doesn't work in a container with another person who is winning individually. It's a different, it's a different format. Mm-hmm. On, it's almost like the waves of the ocean. Like you don't have a perfect wave, but you understand the flow of how the waves work. You can position yourself to swim in the water. We weren't understanding inside of our relationships dynamic that, oh, you can't be the way that you've always been. No, there is actually another entity called the relationship that needs you to be someone else. If you want to create harmony, and allow this ship to move forward where you're not just two ships passing in in the night. You're actually a harmonious entity, like the relationship that has wants and needs, that has the power to pull up the individuals. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest level of understanding that got us to see ourselves differently inside of this container. Yeah. Very well said. And what are some of the like practices or habits, like at least in that stage, like in the earlier phases And I love Blair, how you said that, like our souls knew, right. So it was like, Oh, we're locked in. Like our souls know, like we're doing this. Right. But then like, Oh shit. Now the humans parts got to figure it out. What were some of those like rituals, habits, practices that supported you in that stage of things? in like reducing like that fighting time or conflict time or recurrence and things like that. Yeah. So right away, right off the bat, I think we were like three months into dating. Like we knew how powerful we were individually and we knew how powerful this could be together Mm -hmm. if we get figured out. And so right away we had coaches individually for our individual lives. And then we also sought mentorship for, we had a relationship mentor. So we didn't, have to figure it out just him and I but it was like and we found the relationship mentor before some of the shit went down mm-hmm. we had the foundation in place beforehand because we wanted to accelerate and we also knew from past experience of doing these things in our life you know what when you ask for a big game and you ask for a big life there are also some big obstacles or things that may come with that to overcome in my experience, that's what happened. And so we're like, well, probably that might potentially happen here. So what if we get some more tools in our tool belt to navigate that? So yeah, right away when we met with them weekly for 90 minutes every week and then individually. Yeah. And three months into dating, which I feel like would be like, can be seen as like, oh, that's so soon or that's so like too soon even, but exactly what you're saying. Like if that's what you're doing in individual life and obviously something I believe in too, with having mentorship support 
all of that. It's not seeking that out when shit hits the fan and you're in like emergency kind of situation. But something I want to share to build off that it, I wasn't looking for a little girl. I wasn't looking for a girlfriend. I found a wife, Mm. legit found a wife. And I told her on our first date, I can see you being the mother of our children. I can see you, like I can see us being married. And I've never said anything like that before to any woman in my life. So all of that, what we just shared came from, I know without a shadow of a doubt, this was my person. So the commitment came first. It wasn't needing enough evidence and then waiting around for enough evidence. No, the commitment came first in what I was feeling. Then all the tests and the challenges matched my level of commitment. So I have a thing that says, according to your level of commitment, it unlocks the equal of its resistance to test you to see if what you want is actually what you really want. And most people fail that because they don't actually want what they say that they want because they're not willing to go through it. That commitment driving stake in the ground first is what opened up for all of those tests and challenges to be thrown our way. But because of the commitment, we knew what we were standing for. And so therefore, being committed to evolving and growing and letting things go, even though it was difficult, had us going and being and operating under a different stimulus rather than hoping and needing enough evidence, then there's no faith inside of needing enough evidence. Mm, I love that. Cause yeah, how committed are you, right? Committed until it gets uncomfortable, committed until this, committed until you're tired or whatever, right? But yeah, that the commitment was there first and that locked in everything else. And so everything else had to get worked out and fall in line and all that. What were some of the biggest things that you each had to release or overcome individually mine was my very modern female masculinity of like Mm -hmm. i want to make as much money as you i want to Mm -hmm. be as successful as you or he's out there building this new thing or doing this new thing and it's like i'm not doing enough i'm not working hard enough i'm comparing my effort level to his effort level his output to my outfit output like when i would give myself permission to rest or like read a book i would see him on a call or doing this new thing and then i get into the scarcity like oh i need to do that i need to start something i'm not learning enough he's gonna go without me and so it was this constant driving and competing and wanted to be better than and to prove my worthiness that I can, I'm just as capable and I'm just as successful and I don't need you. And, you know, I don't need your money. I don't, I can pay my own. And so it was so much of that, which doesn't create any polarity. Yeah. And actually before switching for you, Garen, because so many of the women that I work with, so many in the audience, I know relate to that a lot, right? Like used to very much be my energy as well. Like so stuck in the masculine and like, gosh, I even like thinking about dates, like when I first became single a few years ago, when I would like talk about like professional accomplishments and stuff like that on dates, like, oh, like, look, I'm the same as you. Like, I'm cool too. Like me. Right. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't it. You know? So Blair, for you, like on an individual basis, how did you break through that? And also how did Garen from your perspective support you in like surrendering out of that more too? So the first question was, is how did I break out of that? Yeah. 
I think it was so many signals and signs of the universe. Like I'm tired. My skin's always breaking mm -hmm. out. Like hair. Uh, my hair was falling out. Mm. I couldn't sleep. Like I would have this crazy fluctuation of weight. Like I was in the burnout wheel. And so, you know, so what would I do? I would work harder. I would prove myself more. I would make sure that, you know, I would hide all these things. I would turn away. I would get up earlier. I'd work out more. And I was just like literally pouring like from a total empty cup. Like I was in a total burnout. And so I just really looked at that and it's like, wow, I wonder what it would be like. Is it possible to do this thing in a different way? Or what would that look like? Or now that you're not alone and that you're not doing this by yourself, what does it look like to be in collaboration or partnership? You know, what's my piece of the puzzle? Because I'm just driving and driving and driving so hard, but life is different. I'm driving and driving so hard. Now I am in partnership. Like what got me here won't get me there, you know? And this ideal that I created, like who created that? Why did I create that? Or can I think it and say this served its purpose? because it served me in so many ways. And maybe I don't longer needed that anymore. It's like I passed the torch to mm. Blair in partnership. And then the second question is how to Garen support yeah. me in that? Like, yeah. fuck, talk about a man who has worked on his healthy masculinity, like the, the sacred masculine. Like this is to me why I'm so grateful when I meet men that do the work because he was so humbling in that, place of holding me like understanding how hard I've worked and understanding what it's his responsibility as the sacred masculine to go I need to be this pillar that she can rely on so she can have the freedom to surrender and flow who won't go anywhere who's not going anywhere yeah. who's sturdy who's steadfast who can weather a storm who can take all of her feminine and this bigness that lives inside of her allow her to waver to experience her feminine because on the other side of that, my sacred feminine and my healthy feminine would only amplify as masculine. So if we could figure out this dance, we both understood what that meant, but it really kind of rubbed up against our edges. So it's like I had to go in and, and kind of cater to him and he would kind of come over and cater to me. And it was just some really like vulnerable, like almost standing naked in a mirror conversations mm -hmm. with each other, like you're seeing the core of me of that I don't want to live that way. And this is coming from a place that I've done this thing to, from survival. And for me to let this armor down or lay down this sword and permission to pick up a crown, like this is monumental. So that's some real fucking trust to have with somebody. Because if I'm going to lay this down, like you have a total opportunity to, I mean, you could really take advantage of that. Like, yeah or to hold that with such reverence and honor and that's mm -hmm. it so again i think it's like there's so much to the healthy man the sacred masculine the healthy masculine that does the work because it's all, all it's done is just amplify the shit out of me and i'm in rest and flow and ease and surrender and grace and all that does is just pour the fire on him mm -hmm. that's so delicious i love it and what like in action or even in words and like both of you feel free to chime in on this one like what did garen for you like holding that masculine space like what did that look like i will tell you it is the most difficult thing i've ever done in my life mm -hmm. the hardest 
the stressful during times where I was in the unknown. And the most rewarding thing I have ever, ever really contributed to and seeing what that could create because it, my frame of reference is no woman I've ever met has truly gotten their just due on the face of this planet because y'all were forced to come through man's world. And so my viewpoint on how I look at life is like in the beginning, there was like one system and that was nature system. And then man created their system. And so man, I feel saw just how powerful women were because they had the ability to like give birth and so many other things and was like, that's too much power, bah. And so I feel that what it would take inside of a man to be able to completely approach a woman from her rightful honor in that level of power takes something I've never seen modeled before. So knowing that, even when I wasn't aware of this, I knew that it was gonna take a different version of myself. So every single time it was difficult and I said, but I know, I know I'm committed to all of this. Sometimes people are like, I didn't sign up for this. Listen, when I commit, that's it. And the power of my commitment, when I was five, I said, I'll never have a sip of alcohol. 40 something years later, still never had a sip of alcohol. So like I have something in my life where when I commit fully with my whole self, it is eternal. And so that level of commitment and growth and willing to go anywhere and everywhere to serve not only myself, but this woman in my life and every version she has, had me approaching the situation from different. Because commitment was so strong, that was the boat that held me up in the ocean of emotion. And so I think that the first thing was the awareness. Second thing was a deep wrapped commitment to go anywhere and everywhere where this container wants to go and not waver. That was the most difficult thing I've ever done because I was in the past the most uncommitted person, cheated on every girlfriend person that I had, cheated on tests and lied and all these different things. So to be in something I've never experienced, I've never approached that way, I've never had anything in that results, nor was there anybody in my life who modeled it in a way where I can at least see the example. I had to find it inside of the depths of being committed in a way that I'd never been committed before. Mm -hmm. And that is what shaped the reality. And what I see out in the world is a ripple effect of a lack of commitment. Yeah. So on that theme of commitment, how did you shift? I know you said dig deep in yourself and commit, but like, how did you stretch that muscle? Right. Cause I think so many people are like, Oh, I'm, I'm like changing my life, doing these new things. And then like, go like, 110%, which is not necessarily sustainable. Sometimes it can be. So like, how did you build that commitment muscle? It's a selling job on yourself every day. And weeds don't need anything to grow, but time. Mm -hmm. So I often come across people. They're like, but I've already done that work. Why is it happening again? Well, you brushed your teeth your whole life. Every day. Stop for five, every day. Stop for five days. What happens? 
bacteria will grow, even though you did the work and weeds don't need anything to grow but time. So the mm. weeds of your past will come and overtake the matter of your mental garden if you don't keep tending the garden often. Yeah. So what I did, most people focus on what's wrong with things. Every single day, I say to myself, how can I fall in love Blair again? How can I find, I'm being a good finder. People that are fault finders, they'll, they'll always find it. You'll always find what you're looking for. I'm like, let me find something good. And so because I shift the scale from being a fault finder, which will diminish your belief, I learned how to be a good finder, which will amplify your belief in your commitment. And when you tip the scale to more than 50% of finding good qualities on a day-to-day -day basis to kind of re-engage the love, well, then now you build a strong foundation that can hold for the level of which, where you want to go in life. And he would do that in things that like annoy the shit out, like things that I would trigger within him. And like, he's like, I just love to have a clean house. So I always clean and I'm always cleaning and I'm always cleaning. And he's just is like, I don't know why you're so obsessed with like just being clean and organized and all these things. And one day I get a text message. She's like, you know what? I appreciate how clean you are. You are so consistent every day. I appreciate your ability to take care of the sacred space. Mm -hmm. And I was like, these things that used to bother him so bad in this thing that I'm so annoyed with or triggered with, he goes, what if I just remove Garen and come into Blair's world? And what would that be like if I could only find things to appreciate within this trigger that lives in within me? And he would do it so many times. And then finally I would go, man, this triggers me about Garen, man. This triggers me about Garen, man. This and I was like, oh. Yeah, you're like, oh, I guess I gotta do this now. Yeah. And just by chance, I was like, and he would leave his socks at the front door every day every day and it bugged the shit out of me every day and every day and i was like i just think it's so cute your commitment to taking your socks off every day it is so cute that there is this thing that you can't even just have your socks off. i think it's so cute and so now when i pick up his socks i'm picking up little garen socks and i bring him to the wash mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah, that's the thing that i can tend to what if there was one day that i didn't couldn't pick up your socks you know so i, I would retrain my own brain from triggers to gratitude. That simple shift of like, oh, how happy he is to be home and like take his shoes and socks off and run around barefoot. Like in this clean house. Simple. That I, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, of course you'd want to run around this house. It's and amazing. There is a gold mine inside of everything that triggers you. For sure. If you look for it, you will find in the gold mine, the opposite power of the same level of energy that triggers you, if you find the gold mine, you'll find the opposite in the power that will elevate you. I love it. This is so fucking awesome. I'm having a blast. Like, this is such a powerful episode. I am loving it. So, thank you guys for sharing so vulnerably, openly, honestly, all of that. Like we're going to keep going, but like, just want to say like, this is gold. So all y'all listening, like this is incredible advice and tips, whether on an individual basis, if you're in partnership, seeking partnership, all of that. And I'm curious now, like Blair specifically, like, do you find like those old, like 
heavy, like masculine energy things. Like, does that pop up for you? 100%. Still ever? Okay. What, how? <laughs> how do they still show up? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like never like the constant conversation. Like I can't surrender. I can't slow down. I'm not safe. It's not going to get done. Who's going to provide? What if this business of his doesn't do what it's going to do? I'm the only one I can count on. So it's like mm. these thought patterns run in my mind. And before they would come up and I would attack Aaron, my fears would be create arguments. And then mm. now I'll just say, Hey, is there a way I can talk to you? I'm creating these stories in my mind that feel like I can never rest because I fear that this business isn't going to take off. It's not that I don't believe in you and I don't believe in this business of yours. This is just what's living inside of me. And can we just talk about it? And it's how I energetically approach him and how I just name it that we just talked through. And I was like, my nervous system needed just clarity or just maybe needed to be heard. I just needed to share it. Maybe he didn't even need to respond, but I think it was not shaming myself that those things still live in there. I have to remember that for 30 plus years, that's an operating system that I had. That was a tab that was open in my computer that was living. And that operating system did some fucking cool shit in my life. I'm so grateful for that operating system. And I'm so grateful that I had it. Now I'm just learning how to live with it in a different way. And so I, I don't have an answer of, how we move through those things. But I think the intent is to not shame ourselves if we have them, to be delicate and tender with them when they come up. And again, in partnership to have so much reverence, maybe when our partner shares, well, I have so much gratitude for my partner because when I share these things, you shouldn't think that, like that's so fucking unhelpful. That's never gonna happen, also not helpful. You know what I mean? He's just like, Tell me more about that. Where does that live? Where do you think that comes from? Do you really believe that to be true? What can I do to support you and how you're feeling? What can we do? And he just gives me an opportunity to share and to reflect and to just fucking talk. And then all of a sudden I'm like, God, I feel better. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, sometimes it's a 10 minute conversation. Sometimes it's an hour conversation. Sometimes it's a text message. Sometimes I write him a letter. Like it just needs to come out. And then I think it just allows me to regulate my own nervous system and not feel bad about it. And Garen, in those moments, like, how do you receive that when that's happening? Cause I can imagine, right. If, if it's something like, for example, Blair, like what you said, oh, I don't like, is this idea going to work like that kind of thing? I could see a man feeling challenged by that. Right. Or like emasculated in some way. And it's like, and feel like his confidence, belief, whatever is being questioned. Yeah. How do you work through that and receive that and all that? I used to feel that all those things happened. Yeah. What I've learned is Blair's highest light is not coming out in that moment. So just Mm -hmm. having the overstanding to hold for simply hold. And sometimes she doesn't need a coach or somebody to walk her through it. Sometimes she just needs a sounding board to share certain things. I mean, the hot air balloon doesn't leave the ground unless you release the weight. So it's being able to understand what part of her is speaking. And then if it's that fear and because of our communication and she's has told me the environment that she comes from, we haven't been doing this work for 20 years. 
So if you look at, you know, somebody who's been wrestling for 15 years, you can definitely see the difference in somebody who's been wrestling for two years. So somebody who's been doing this work for, you know, just under a decade and coming into their own and coming into the furthermore evolved part of themselves, but still you can't see the picture while you're in the frame. So in the outskirts of the shadows areas of your life, if you have just a, you know, an effective level of communication, you can have this sense of compassion of where they're coming from and hold for the space and where they're coming from. Just be like, thank you so much for sharing. That was brave of you mm -hmm. for sharing that. I'm not speaking to the Blair that's spoken on stage in front of 10,000 people. Like she's literally about to lead a whole section in a forum that has 60 something thousand people. I'm not talking to that version. There are different versions of Blair and it's up to me to understand which aspect of her is speaking. And then once I grasp which aspect of her is speaking, I'll hold from that space. I mean, and also we've did it in effectively multiple times. And we've also coached ourselves like, we'll have this, I'll come and I'll attack and it'll be from a fear place or a masculine place. And when we're through the fight, he'll go, Blair, if you just would have come to me in this energy, or if you would have said this. And so he'll share with me how I could have effectively communicated. So then next time when it comes up, my walls won't go up. Yeah. Now I, I'm like, okay, this is the coaching I got previously or support I got previously of ways to communicate when I'm in that state for my partner to hear me if I'm seeking support. Cause that's ultimately what I'm seeking. I don't want to feel alone. I want to have a conversation. I don't want to go into my masculine, but that's what's coming up. That's the front, that's the mask that's there. And so it's like, there's two responsible parties. Now I'm being responsible for these things that are coming up and I'm supporting myself in the feed forward that he gave me previously and he's being responsible going i understand the state that she's in and i can identify the state that she's in and i can identify what she's requesting that she's told me prior of what she needs when she's in this space so it's two responsible parties again but we've learned this from many times of not doing it incorrectly and that's one of our commitments it's like none of our arguments or our upsets ever go brushed under the rug like we will talk through them and talk through. And sometimes it takes us three days, three weeks to talk through the same fight that happened. Where were we ineffective? Where could we have done better? What did you need? What did I do? When we're through the emotional upset and we're outside of the emotional state, we lots of times come back and we'll talk through and we'll process and over process and over process. In the event that it comes again, then it's like, then we can get through it versus being in upset again. So like, High levels of communication, transparency, self-awareness, pushing your ego aside, humility, like rinse and repeat over and over and over again. Easy. We don't want mm -mm. to give the notion that it's easy. No. Leaning in to the container called relationship will be probably one of the hardest journeys of your life when leaning in. However, it will make every other thing outside the container seem effortless and easy when you do it in a way where you take two people who weren't raised with each other 
and then get them to harmonize in that container. Not easy, but it's so worth it. So individual, generally like on social media and podcasts, like all over the place, the polarity conversation, the masculine, feminine energetics conversation is like very popular. It's happening a lot, right? Like same over here on my end too. So like, this is a thing that's being discussed so much. And even in, in ways that like get like, just like cheesy or not supportive and not helpful, right? Like more like antagonistic with the opposite sex, but I'm with both of your journeys. So Blair, from your perspective with the divine feminine, Garen, obviously with the divine masculine, like what are tips for, so for anyone who's listening, like women who are listening, who might be like, oh, I want to learn how to surrender into my feminine more, be more embodied in my feminine or men who are like, okay, how do I step into my divine masculine, sacred masculine more? Like what are some like simple tips for men and women in that? So like Blair for the women, Karen for men. There's two books that are great resources and just understanding more about yourself and understanding just more about your partner. If your partner's like more on the feminine side, there's a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. I forget the author, but if you just look up No More Mr. A nice Guy, you'll find it. And then there's a book called The Way of the Superior Man by mm-hmm. David Data. Yeah. I read that book, both of those books, and women, because 90% of my audience is powerful driven women. And I have the women that I work with read that book because a lot of women that I work with are driven by masculine, unhealthy masculine energy. And they get to see inside. I said, don't read the book from the man's perspective. Read those books from the masculine energy perspective that you're leading your life with. And I've seen the biggest breakthroughs and aha moments on how their energy is. And they're like, oh my goodness, this is why I squish every guy I date. And this is why I date like emotional weak men is because it's, I'm taking up the space. And I think inside of that, it also allows me to see where I could be lacking. And cause see, I was raised by all women and like the streets and just running around in the streets and going to prison developed an unhealthy masculine inside of me. And it wasn't until I moved to Austin, Texas, and I intentionally surrounded myself around healthy masculine men, I'm like, oh, this is in nothing like who my dad was or who my brother was. You know, me and my brother have a great relationship now, but when we were younger, we didn't. So that was my version. And I'd say the practical is to seek community. Flowers that grow together grow much faster than they do by themselves. And a lot of men, they're like, oh, I got it. No, 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 I'll take care of it. And don't even realize that there's a community of other healthy men that you get to seek out. So you can take the roof off your back and actually be held and be supported. So me, by me immersing myself inside of a community of other men, I'm realizing, wow, I've tried to make my wife meet these needs that she's not supposed to be meeting. Mm. And because of that, and I get these things out and I share these things in the the presence of other men. When I come home, she gets a different version of me that's Mm. not expecting her to be all and do all things. So seek community, 
seek the resources and not read the book from memory, but read the book from mastery. You read the book until it starts reading you. And you'll know it's reading you when your life is a physical manifestation of the philosophies that you're taking inside. And if you take on those two things, and I don't like to give it too difficult, those two things and embody those practices, you will experience in a different aspect of what it means to be a man inside of your own body, what it means to be a healthy man, what it means to be a healthy man for yourself, and exactly how you treat yourself is how you'll treat other people. How you treat the feminine inside of you is how you'll treat the exterior feminine outside of you. I love that. What are some ways, Garen, for you that you nurture your inner feminine energy? I dance every day. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I knew. <laughs> it's like I'm always creating, I'm always singing. It's like, I'm always in the spirit of flow. And if it's not, I find ways to do it. And these are things that I just learn from women just by being around them. Mm. But I didn't even know that I was learning about things that were already inside of me. And I call myself like the cheat code. I was raised by all women and I learned how to be a man through just like tough times. And I learned how to be a healthy man through better times in my life. And I sought out those healthy men. Now, the part of me that men let in that they really respect is the feminine that I've accepted in myself that mm -hmm. they haven't yet given the feminine the opportunity to get that close in. Yeah. And so I recognize that. So I'm like a bridge between both worlds. Well, and because you're so anchored in your like steady, strong masculine as well, right? Because if it was too, if it was all the feminine, right, that wouldn't have carry the same weight. Yeah, absolutely. So it's literally harnessing both without losing yourself in both. Mm -hmm. So it's the alchemy of what it means to be a harmonious human. Are there any tips for the surrendering into the feminine more for these former or, or recovering overachiever stuck in masculine women? Yeah. For myself, I don't know if this would work for other people for myself, but I like to create white space in my calendar. You know, how can I create more white space versus filling the space? And for me, much like Garen, it's been really seeking out just female relationships. It's the, you know, every Tuesday I work out with a group of girls. We've been doing this since we, all three of us were pregnant. And now all three of us have babies. That is our sacred time. And so we are together and we work out together as women. We bring our kids sometimes. We don't sometimes, but like just seeking female friendships that are in similar seasons as I am, who are also heavy achievers. And it's our space to be in surrender. Like we are so committed to that hour every week together. And that's our playtime. And we actually carve out three hours now because we work out and then we have coffee and then we have brunch. And that I was like, this is our three hours every single week. And it's just us. And it's just things of doing self-care with myself and with other women, like whether that's moving my body, whether that's getting into nature, whether that's taking a dance class together, whether that's trying a pottery class for the first time, whether it's just sitting down, all of us having tea, talking about fucking million dollar business ideas, but in the flow of it, like visioning versus being in the doing and busy of it. 
But yeah, I would say community, female community, being with myself, taking care of myself, knowing that before I talk to Garen or before I see my child, whether I have to get up at before both of them or that we arrange as parents, it's like the things I do for myself with myself, which is walk outside, work out, have breakfast before I interact with anybody. Like it really gets me in the being into my body before I have to go into my head for the rest of the day. Cause now it's like, what's the schedule? What time does she need to eat? Where do we have to be? What calls do I have to be on? Is Garen here for the zoom where, you know, the thousands of emails, but it's that moment of time that I get to be in my own body before I get to share that. And what I found is, is that my heart leads and then my head follows and doing that it's I'm bringing my feminine part and I get to call my masculine anytime I need it it's not a part that I want to erase that I need to do but it's a light switch it's like oh we need her right now it's on oh at the end of now it's off like it's literally as simple as a light switch beautiful so something I want to ask I'm curious about so Garen I know you said on your guys first date you were like oh she's it told her like oh I can see you being being the mother of my children one day, all that. Blair, did you have a similar, like, he's it? No. Okay. Wait, tell I want to hear about this. Okay. So like personally, right. And the audience I think knows a bit about this, but like, I've had that experience with many men on a first date. And I'm like, and typically that's like red flag energy for me. I'm like, bro, like we just met, like relax, you know? And so, yeah. So I'm curious, tell me like, how was your experience? Like, in the first date and then when did that like click for you that you're like oh yeah yep yeah so i, I said thank you <laughs> that was my response and i went to the bathroom excused myself from the table and i called my friend and i was like this guy just told me he wants to marry me and he wants me to be the mother of his children i was like what do i say and she's like what do you want to say and i was like i don't know what to say right now i mean i like him and i'm having a good time she's like great go have a good time so I didn't write it off, but I did that. I was able to like separate that's his experience. And this is my experience. I'm curious about you. Like you're, yeah. I don't know how I feel, but I'm curious. And again, my soul knew before my head knew, which was bizarre because my head has ran the show my whole life. And it's mm -hmm. like, things are intentional. And I do think like there's a plan. And so I had previously been in a relationship. And so I didn't necessarily at that moment when he told me that I go, you've been in other relationships that didn't work out. How can you trust yourself? Mm -hmm. So I was in this internal dialogue going, man, I could see myself being his wife and I could see myself being the mother of his children, but do I trust myself? And I needed that time to be certain within myself that I'm making the right decision for my head and for my heart and for my soul before I could answer that and gratitude for his patience, because it did take me, you know, I had a, a leg period there, but I needed to have some conversations within myself because I did see it, but I was like, whoa, 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 not really there yet to yeah. necessarily voice it. Garen, how was, I, I can only imagine you say that to someone and she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm taking my purse with me or something. How was that for you? That was such a small portion of what I was feeling inside. I think he was like, 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 this, like he didn't care. I I, yeah, he was like, way. she'll get on board eventually. Yeah. She's just a little freaked <laughs> out. It's okay. Nine. Yeah. It was the first time in my life 
that I saw someone and then saw the future. It was like I looked at her and then mm-hmm. a whole portal opened up and I'm looking in the future. So I hope she says yes. Every aspect of me, every world of me, every dimension of me that was in my right now body knew that he knew that he knew that he knew. Mm. So what's the point of waiting when I already know? So I'm going to put it out there. What she responds with is what she responds with. Yeah. But I, the energy I got. And I, I was, was like, this so sure. I was so sure and confident. But I also knew who I was in that moment. I wasn't like seeking validation or the, well, well, if she says this and it, no, it, this is what I feel. Mm. I came back from the bathroom, you know, and I sat down, how are you? You know, like he was just so like soiree, like didn't, I was like, it wasn't awkward. He didn't make it weird. It was like, we just carried on. Like, he's like, I just need to tell her, you know, she could do whatever Mm -hmm. she wants with that information. I love it. That's so fun. So now, because I know you guys have a lot of rituals and things that you do to make sure you're coming together regularly to maintain the health of your relationship, all that, like, what are some of your like non-negotiable, like things that you, you do to just like keep things running really well and stay connected? We have something right after this call, baby. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so we have a love meeting that we can't take credit for. It's from our good friends, Michael and Adi Kaju. So they had taught us about this thing. They called it a business meeting. And mm-hmm. we have kind of taken it and tailored it into our own. We call it a love meeting. So the love meeting happens every week. Generally, it happens on the same day. And sometimes it needs to get moved, but it's no problem. But it consists of four parts. So it's generally about 45 minutes. Like I said, it happens every week. When it doesn't happen, there's generally a breakdown in our relationship. And we go, oh, this could have been avoided if we just Mm. would have meeting. But because we didn't, now we're here. So Mm -hmm. in the moment, that's how we can go, again, why we do the love meeting. So it's about 45 minutes, happens every week. First part is, is we go through my schedule and he listens to me. And then he goes, is there anything you need support with? Yep. Our nanny leaves at four. I have a call at four. Can you watch baby school from four to five? Okay. So he. He's in full support of what he can do for me in the week. Then Garen's schedule. We go through all of Garen's schedule. I'm gone this week. This is what I need. What do you need from me? I need a ride to the airport. Can you mark this? Okay, great. Done. So after that, we go into date night. So how was date night last week? Who's in charge of it this week? What are we doing? What are the plans? When is it? How can it be improved? How can it be improved? So then we schedule a date night. Then it goes to sex. So we talk, you know, how is it? How are you feeling? What do you need this week? When are we having sex? You know, how was it last week for us? <laughs> well, we need to schedule those things in sometimes. Hey, if it's not on the calendar, sometimes shit doesn't get done. Right? <laughs> sometimes it organically happens, but then it's like, hey, I say we're done at seven. We're done at seven because I need you in the bedroom by 730. And sometimes it happens when it's not on the schedule and it also is on the schedule. So then sex and then anything left unsaid. So is there anything that's going on inside of me that I didn't say? And sometimes I can hold on to things in the week and go, that's annoying. I'm annoyed about that. I'm going to save that for our meeting. And sometimes in the week, I can't wait. And so I was like, we need to have a conversation now because I can't wait. Mm. But if I can, I try to take these things and I hold on to them to talk about the meeting. Now, why do I do this? One, because now we have a 
an intentional time to talk and generally the emotions and the annoyance and the trigger has dissipated so I can talk about the thing and not from generally an emotional state. And sometimes I get an emotional state and I can't wait for the love meeting, but for the majority it's in the love meeting. Sorry, it is five parts. Last part is acknowledgement for self and other. So we never leave a love meeting. Sometimes we have to skip parts in between because wrap for time or we need to rapid fire or we need to prioritize, but acknowledgement for self or other. So how would I like to acknowledge myself in this moment? And then how would I like to acknowledge my partner? And we generally try to do things and acknowledge each other for things we don't think the other one saw. Like, hey, I've noticed you've been doing this. I saw you did this. Or, you know, the other day when you helped me with that, or, hey, I saw that I gave you feedback on something and you implemented right away. So we try to really search for mm. things other than you're such an amazing father. Thank yeah. you for a great listener. You're so sexy. We try to go deep because for us, it really makes us feel seen as their partner. And like, man, they did see that. Fuck, it does matter. Like this, the little things I do, do matter. You know, he's always talking about look for the good. Yeah. So it's, it gives us an opportunity to sit and be present and look for the things that we really adore about our partner. And why this is so valuable is the same way, like when people go to church, like why they have it like once a week, it's because it gives you a charge up on the spirit. Mm -hmm. This is a charge up on the spirit of the relationship. Yeah. And so sometimes it gets bypassed, it builds up and you don't say these things and they turn into explosions that can easily have been mitigated inside of the love meeting yeah it's been monumental it's been game changing i would say it's one of the core foundational pieces of our marriage and mm -hmm. from our pretty monumental. how long have you guys been doing it three years three years wow. two and a half yeah. years? years it's interesting because so many couples whose relationships i really admire do something just like this right and like non-negotiable date night right and have those kinds of like relationship business meetings so or in the love meeting, it kind of covers all those things. Like yeah. the date night, the travel, the support, the communication, yep. the words of affirmation, physical touches in there because we plan it, you know, so. Yeah, I love it. So something we touched on a little bit in the beginning that I want to hear more about is navigating big lives individually. So yeah, you both have really big visions playing a huge game, each of you. So like, what does that support look like or anything from like staggering launches? Like, oh, I'm in launch phase this month. So like you chill out with your stuff. Like, how does that look like with how to support one another in really like bringing your individual visions to life in the biggest way possible? I'll share with you like something practical. Like she has a retreat coming up and I have a mastermind and retreat coming up. And I knew that her retreat was going to happen before mine. And before I launched my mastermind, cause I don't like just like confusing people. And I asked her for her link and then I posted about the link and I shared it several times from, I was like, my wife's having this retreat and everything. And she's like, Oh, thank you so much for sharing this stuff. So I think it's the conversation to well one we know the game that both of us are up to you know what our family is doing that's the first and foremost if you don't know what game you're playing you can't hit a target you don't have mm -hmm. know what game you're playing and we're playing a really big game now it's like how can i support you what do you need she knows that my company right now 
is poised to do some really, and it's already done that in a year, and it's poised, poised to 100x that. She was like, so what, who do I need to be? What do I need to do so that this thing takes off? Because I know what I can do alone. However, when Blair and I are emotionally and energetically aligned, her being alone, there's something that happens inside of me and I feel like I can fly a hundred thousand times further. But that comes from having strategic and intentional conversations and not just leaving your life or business or things like that up to chance. And you can either play a game of intention or you can play a game of chance. We have in every November, Gary and I go on a vision moon, not a honeymoon but a vision moon and it's three days, whether it's a vacation or a staycation. And we reevaluate the last 11, 10 months, 11 months of the year. And we check in on our goals. The ones we set at the beginning, we check in on where we're at and we evaluate a lot. We, so the three days, the first day is past, the second day is present, and then the third day is future. And we literally spend a whole day on each one. And we map out our whole, you know, reflect and map out. So in November, we know this is kind of crazy, but this is what works for us when we're doing big things. But in November, I know when every mastermind is and when it launches, I know when every retreat is and where it is. I know every travel date, every he's in two masters. So I know when he's gone for a men's mastermind and I know he, when he's gone for his mega mastermind. Then we also go, when are you and I going on vacation and where do we want to go in that vision? In those moon, three days. Yeah. We book the hotel and we book the flight. So in November, we knew we were going to Grand Cayman Islands in August. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. When are we going to go on vacation as a family? Okay, great. Let's book the travel and let's book the hotel and let's book work. So our whole year, every flight, every hotel that him and I are doing together and individually, I would say 90% of them are scheduled and planned and wow. done. So we can just go into the interior. Now other things come up, you know, right? other opportunities and things that we go. Now, yeah, it's like, but we have all the big rocks in place. And then mm -hmm. from there, we can fill the little rocks and, you know, maneuver and flow from there. But to me, it's like, let's put the pillars in place. And then if we need to ebb and flow in there, we can easily adjust and we can pivot versus like feeling like we're always two weeks behind. Like to me, I feel like we're in total control of our lives. We're in total clarity of where we're headed, which just empowers both of us individually and empowers us as the collective. Because I'm clear on him, he's clear on me, and we're clear on we. So it just makes the whole movement for us that much more powerful. I love that. That's really inspiring. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that is a productive trip. Yeah. Uh why we do it and we take so much time and that's why it's three days and it's mm -hmm. like it's serious time and but we in three days have an entire year-long conversation and then it's like great we know the game plan let's go in the super yeah. bowl and how could you ever have time if you don't yeah. make the time how do you ever mm -hmm. have time if you never take it yeah yeah absolutely it's so easy to, I was thinking about this yesterday with one of my goals for this year. I'm like, oh yeah, it's to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, have I taken any action on that one? And it's not like, you know, it's more of like an investment goal. I'm like, no, I haven't. And there's no reason why 
and it'd be easy, quick, like all that. So it's, it's such that like, yeah, planning the intention, like get it on the calendar, all of that, because it's so easy for like life to just happen to you. And I think, what did you just say? Like, if you live by intention or you're going to live by chance, that would you say again? Yeah. Either play a game of intention or play a game of chance. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you said earlier when we first started, Garen, is grateful to be fathering the next generation of women with baby soul. And I love seeing both of you interact with her. She is such a cool baby. And you can see in a testament to you guys as parents too, because you can see how she is blossoming into her own like personality and sense of self and all of that, which is so cool. So would love to hear Garen, your perspective on like that responsibility as a dad to little girls. Well, I'll tell you this, that is a very bold and brave statement. Mm -hmm. And what taught me or what really made that valuable to me is all these women that I've coached. And so I I will never know what it's like to be a woman, but I definitely know what it's like to coach 94% of my clientele and where their triggers from and what they talk about. And it's 99% the same thing. Majority is a major father wound. And these things that I personally struggled from, but also healed from and evolved from, So if I have this many women based off of actual stats that are talking about the same thing, attracting a different variation of their boyfriend or their partner over Mm -hmm. and over in a boss, in an intimate relationship, what that tells me is statistically, most of the women haven't been exposed to a healthy masculine man. I don't even know statistically what that looks like through women in this world. So having the opportunity with this level of awareness, with this level of embodiment of my complete self, we get to usher in a new generation of what it means to be a woman in this crazy atmosphere that's raised by a father that's in the house, that's not passive parenting, that's leaning all the way in and has the dynamics of the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. And the responsibility is so great, especially knowing what I know about the power of women is probably 0.1%. And the 0.1% that I'm aware of has made a massive impact. I'm like, man. So I always say that Blair gave birth to baby soul and baby soul gave birth to me. Jeez, I'm going to like need to cry after this one. Like, this is so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't know, Blair, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I read once that the woman's job is to take care of the children and that the man's job is to take care of the family. And so it's like, I get to tend to this little precious being and he's tending to the energy space of our whole family, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm so grateful for the two responsibilities. And that's like, what's the Venn diagram where they both like intersect. Yeah. Yeah. That 
and it's just so helpful to understand it's like I get to take the majority of the rule, but when he does come in and when it's, he says, no, I don't stand for this. And I, I listen to it, even if I don't agree, because it's so seldom because he's so in his role of, of the family that I'm so respectful when he comes in in parents mm -hmm. and I stand behind it because I get to take the majority of the role and because he's doing his role with the family. And then if I say anything about the family, he really listens because that's not my lane. But if I'm coming in it, he's like, she doesn't get in here very much and I get to make 95% of the decisions, then you know I'm gonna listen to that with reverence and honor and I'm gonna really take that seriously. So again, I think it's beautiful to see us operating in that way. Mm -hmm. And I have a theory that because Garen and I have done so much work on ourselves and to heal so much from our traumas or past or childhood or whatever, ancestral, yeah. blah, 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 wherever you want to go with that, that all I can think about is I'm just giving this baby such a foundation to come in and be like, y'all did the work. Thank you. Now I just get to go. Yeah. Hopefully maybe just my human things are the things that she has to recover from, but it's not ancestral work or this mm -hmm. childhood. Da, da 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 the things that we have worked through so much and a lot of the and continue to work through and can yeah. just, so she can just come in and just go and it's like you know do i want my kids to be happy yeah i want my kids to live in a full abundant life knowing who she fully is and never questioning the two foundational people that brought her into this world you know this isn't my mm -hmm. house our house we chose all of us are here and so this is what we are creating. This is what we are doing. I'm so excited for you to be a part of it. So yeah, it's a pretty neat perspective to create. It's so beautiful and super inspiring. And that went by fast because we are at time right now. And I could honestly keep going. This was, thank you both so much. This was so powerful, so much incredible information. Like I'm already signed up for like couples course, like once my divine partner yeah, is here. So yeah. like we're in. We're in. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Just like the man he's coming in and then we'll do it. <laughs> like so beautiful. So for both of you, before we shut things down right now, each of you, where can everyone connect with you and what do you have going on coming up that people can be a part of? Okay, great. So Blair.Rachel.Jones is my IG. We have our sacred self-care, which is an all women's retreat, September 20th through 24th of 2023. We have two spots left. I'm so mm. excited. Congrats. In right here in Dripping Springs, Texas. So sacredselfcare.com. Come find us. Come check it out. And when this one sells out, we're going to be releasing our future dates coming soon. So we can do it again. It's already been requested. So those are the two places that you can find me, Garen. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah. It'll be sold out before this even gets published. <laughs> the name of my company is called Artist Power. The artist is the fully expressed little kid who remembered. Mm. And I have a mastermind that starts July 10th, which is called Artist Power Expressed. So everything from stretching your capacity so that the bigness that you're calling in, you can actually hold for it and not and like sustain that lifestyle, your gifts coming online, having the accountability, taking your goals and then putting them on a track with a level of leadership and excellence and community that will support you 
and being able to live the life that you actually want to live is the mastermind that starts July 10th. And we are capping that off with another Awaken the Artist Within retreat, which is some of the most powerful retreats in the entire country. It's in Aspen, Colorado, which starts October 4th. And I'll be there too. Yeah. And we might just have the masculine and feminine activation that's going to blow your nervous systems up in a very beautiful and overflowing way. And so that's what is here. That is what is now. And you can find that on my website, garenjones.com. And then also on Instagram at garen.jones. Beautiful. Everybody be sure to check out Blair and Garen. And if that spoke to you, the things that they've got going on, definitely get in there, get enrolled, get signed up, get plugged in, all of that. You guys, thank you so, so much for this. I appreciate it hugely. Like what a fucking dope surprise to have you both. This was incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic.